Hashtag SAFM Sport On. Okay, we're going to talk Andy Ruiz, uh, Joshua next with Boxing Social. But before that, uh, with Michael Monterio, um, uh, apologies, um, uh, writer for The Ring magazine, of course, and The Boxing Monthly Mag. But before that, let's play this interview of Andy Ruiz's father speaking to Boxing Social after his loss to Anthony Joshua. And how's this? Hi. Andy, Andy thought that he was going to make good in that way. I was telling Andy about a month ago you're not going to be doing with the weight if you overweight it's going to be too hard because you're going to get tired you're not going to have the the movement and, and, and you have to lose the weight he lost the weight in a couple uh, it was like a month ago but he come over overweight that was the problem he come overweight it was too much weight that he had in his body like he weighed 282 plus after he eat he was almost uh, 290 something. So it's no way that he was gonna do something good. And I've been telling him, so now he learned his lesson and he's gonna come back and uh, not, because all the fights that Andy did in his career, he was 255, 257, uh, 246. Uh, but he, the last time that he fought 268, he felt comfortable, but I told him, you have to lose weight. Because that, in that time, we didn't got enough time to lose that way. That was he fought in that way. What was it that he put on that extra, just over a stone? What? Why did he do that? Because he mentioned in a press conference, he didn't listen to you. He didn't listen to Manny Robles, his trainer. What was he not listening to? What was he doing outside of boxing? He was not listening because he was, uh, you know, the fame. The fame came. He was with uh, Rolls Royce. He was with his friend. He was uh, throwing parties, not listening to the to the camp. He was running by himself. Uh, he don't. We rent a house in Manhattan Beach, that, uh, and that way he can come with us and stay in the house. He didn't want to stay with us. He was staying with his friend and tried to run by himself. It was a worst camp that he been doing. And, and I don't think nothing about AJ. He's a good boxer. A great person. We love AJ. And he. Okay, so those are the comments of N. Ruiz's father. How's that? Not mincing his words. Uh, Michael Monterio joins us on the line. Michael, good evening from us in South Africa. Thank you for finding time to speak to us. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's a real honor for me. Thank you, Michael. Before we, we, we get reaction on what the father had to say, firstly, what did you make of the fight? Because some people say it didn't live up to its billing. I think it was the, the perfect game plan for Anthony Joshua. You know, I've been saying for a while on, on my podcast, The Neutral Corner, that I thought Joshua was going to win the rematch. And I thought he was just a better boxer. He had more levels, more dimensions. And he showed that because in the first fight, I think he got a little lazy. People forget that Andy Ruiz was a last-second replacement. Mm. So Joshua was preparing for Jarrell Big Baby Miller. He tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs. And then in the last minute, Andy Ruiz came in. So I think it was a combination of Anthony Joshua not being fully prepared for Ruiz, taking him a little bit lightly, and then fighting sloppy. You know, early in that first fight, he dropped Ruiz. So he was winning the fight, Anthony Joshua was, pretty, pretty clearly. And then he just got lazy, and he got caught with a shot that concussed him. He was not able to recover. 
Well, in the rematch, he showed that he could stay uh, behind his jab, box fundamentally, and I thought it was a great technical performance from Joshua. Now, was it the most exciting fight? Of course not, but he needed to win and make a statement in this fight, and I thought he did that. I thought he won. You could argue he won all 12 rounds. Mm -hmm. I gave him 11 of the 12 rounds. I scored at 119-109 for AJ as one of the judges, Steve Gray, also did. It was a dominant performance, and for Ruiz, a lot of people were surprised at his weight, that he came in so heavy. I have to say, you know, I I wasn't very surprised. I came up in the Los Angeles boxing beat, the greater Los Angeles area, Southern California, where, uh, where Ruiz trained and lives, and this is who he is. He's always been an inconsistent guy. He's had issues with multiple trainers over the years that have uh, been disappointed with his lack of discipline in camp, and especially in between fights where he blows up in weight. So honestly, what we saw, in my opinion, last Saturday in Saudi Arabia was how the first fight should have looked. And I think this is a great learning lesson for Anthony Joshua to take with him as he moves forward. So with Ruiz, basically then, are you saying that it's not because of the newfound fame, it's just the way that, that he's been? Well, it's, it's probably a combination of both. I mean, look, this guy, Andy Ruiz, went from a relatively unknown boxer. I mean, he was known by boxing diehards, of course, mm. diehard fans. But casual fans didn't know who Andy Ruiz was. He went from a guy that suddenly, you know, he was just built by boxing diehards. And overnight, he's being invited to meet politicians in Mexico. He's uh, in parades in Mexico. He's meeting celebrities all over. He's doing, uh, here in the United States, he did the Joe Rogan podcast, which is the, the biggest podcast we have over here. Millions of people listen to that podcast every week. He was doing interviews and functions all over the place. So that definitely had an effect. But for those of us in the boxing industry who know Andy and have known him for years, we knew that, you know, people change, but they don't change overnight. Mm. And he has a habit of blowing up in weight and getting lazy in between fights. So it was probably a combination of both of those things. And he did admit after the fight that he didn't train well, that he was overweight for the fight. I mean, is that is that is, he said he doesn't want to make excuses, but surely those are the two worst excuses you can make for the defense of your titles. Yeah, you said it best. I mean, the week of the fight, he kept telling everybody, you know, I, this has been a great camp and I feel really good. And then people were shocked at the weigh-in when he came in over a stone more than he was for the first fight. He was 15 pounds heavier. And he said, oh, you know, I, he was wearing a sombrero and a shirt at the weigh-in. He said, oh, I was wearing a sombrero. He just kind of had excuses. And he said, I had a big deal before the weigh-in. No, it's, you know, there's no problem here. I'm fine. I'm in great shape. But then two minutes after the fight, in fact, during Anthony Joshua's in-ring interview with the Sky Sports team, uh, Andrew Ruiz kind of jumped in and said, you know, hey, you know, I, I want a third fight. That's the first yeah. thing he said. He wants a third fight, which I feel he doesn't deserve, and I think most fans agree with me. And then he said, like like you said, he, numerous excuses about his weight, the lackluster training camp. He said he basically trained himself. I thought that was disrespectful to Manny Robles, who is a very good trainer, one mm-hmm. of the best trainers in the sport. He was right next to him when he said that. This is 100% on Andy Ruiz. But I have to add this. Even a fully 
in condition, you know, perfectly conditioned Andy Ruiz, I still think Anthony Joshua is just a better fighter. He, he's Anthony Joshua is no less than the third best heavyweight in the world right now. He may be the best heavyweight. I think he has the best resume in the division right now. Mm. And we just saw two fighters on two different levels Saturday night. I think that Anthony Joshua fought the perfect fight, and he will learn from this and only get better. Andy Ruiz probably, in my opinion, he struck lightning in a bottle in that first fight. And I don't know if he's ever going to reach those heights again. Mm. And and on that note, I mean, how much did that excess weight affect his movements and combinations, Andy Ruiz, because he's known for his combinations? Well, of course it had an effect. I mean, Andy Ruiz has very, very fast hands. And more than having fast hands, he has very fluid hands. He punches yeah. in combination very well. But his feet have never moved very quickly. He, he's a little flat-footed. He's a little plotted. He's always fought that way. What Andy Ruiz is successful at is punching in combination in close quarters. The difference in this fight is that Anthony Joshua never really gave him those opportunities. Anthony Joshua maintained his distance fighting behind the jab. Anytime they got close, he tied Ruiz up. That may have frustrated some fans, but that is the smartest thing Anthony Joshua could have done. He spent a lot of time before this fight uh, talking with former heavyweight champion Vladimir Klitschko, when mm. those two had an outstanding fight a few years ago. And Klitschko had some bad losses in his career, but was able to rebound from that and be a dominant champion. And I think Joshua uh, took a page from Vladimir Klitschko in his rematch with Ruiz. On that note, I heard that Klitschko actually told him that he looks like a, a weightlifter instead of, of, of a boxer. Is that true? And is that why he looks so lean and mean, AJ, on, on Saturday night? Yes, I completely agree. And in fact, it's funny that Vladimir said that because his former trainer, the late, great Emmanuel Stewart, my favorite trainer in the history of boxing, he said the same thing to Klitschko when they first started working together. If you look back at Vladimir Klitschko when he was young and really knocking a lot of guys out, there were so many similarities to, to what Anthony Joshua has been doing early on and what Vladimir Klitschko was doing early on. He was very bulky, very muscular, and relying on power to win fights, not necessarily boxing. Mm. And when Emmanuel Stewart got with uh, Klitschko, he said, we need to put down the weights and we need to start boxing. And they started doing boxing-only drills and uh, working on his agility, his spacing, his movement, his footwork, his rhythm, all of those sorts of things which paid dividends for Klitschko later on in his career. That's exactly what Anthony Joshua worked on in this camp. He lost 10 pounds of muscle. Think about that, because Anthony Joshua is a physical specimen, right? He barely has any fat on him. So for him to lose 10 pounds in six months, that's 10 pounds of muscle, not fat. And he did it the right way. He didn't make many changes to his diet or anything. He changed his workout routine. He stopped lifting weights. Weights are bad for boxers. It's one of the worst things you could do, particularly with your upper body because you need to have that fluidity. And that's something that Ruiz showed in the first fight, right? Mm. Well, it was Joshua who looked more fluid in this fight because he trained like a boxer. And I think that's, good. that's the way he's going to take it going forward. For those just joining us, we are catching up with uh, Michael Montero, writer for The Ring magazine, Boxing Monthly magazine, also with the podcast there, uh, The Neutral Corner, as you had. We're just getting his thoughts on Ruiz Joshua uh, too, and he believes it was a clinical and disciplined and professional performance from Anthony Joshua. We'll just take a quick break and we'll continue after this. 
On Twitter, Nazim says, I agree with Andy Ruiz's father. He must lose weight. He must stop parting. Otherwise, he's a good boxer. Maybe he needs to change a trainer's. On that note, Michael, then, what would be next for Andy Ruiz now? You said you don't think that trilogy that, trilogy that he's calling for is possible. No, I don't think so. I don't know if the, the public demand will be there because his performance was so poor in the rematch. I think he needs to get back in the win column. So I think the best thing that he could do is get right back in the ring. Inactivity is, is, is bad for Andrew Ruiz. He needs to get right back in the ring in early 2020 uh, against one of the – he's with PBC, Premier Boxing Champion, so he probably should get in the ring with one of their heavyweights and uh, maybe February, somewhere in there, and get a win, get a couple of wins. And then maybe we could talk about a third fight with Anthony Joshua. Joshua has mandatories to take care of now for his title. So he has mandatory obligations he has to fulfill. So I don't see a third fight happening anytime soon. Did did Ruiz blow a massive opportunity here like Andre Ward tweeted after the fight or like you said he had no chance? I mean, it depends how you look at it. Me personally, I, he obviously had a chance. But I, I just think Anthony Joshua is the superior fighter. Mm. However... He did blow a massive opportunity in the respect that he came in so heavy. I mean, he was 262 for a fight early this year, 268 for the first Joshua fight, 283 for the rematch. This was the biggest fight of his career. It it couldn't get any bigger than this. And if he did win this fight, if he did win, he would have been probably the financial A-side in a potential unification match with Deontay Wilder or Tyson Fury, those two are actually going to rematch in February. But the winner between that fight, if Andy Ruiz beat Joshua, he would have been lined up for a unification fight with that fighter. And like I said, he probably would have been the financial A-side because of the demographics involved. He blew a massive opportunity that could have potentially given him tens of millions of dollars. And finally, before we speak to Frank Warren, Michael, while we have you on the line, there was a lot of excitement here in South Africa when Floyd Mayweather tweeted that he could be coming out of retirement next year. How has the reaction been that side? And has it been confirmed whether it's in the boxing ring or it's going to be in UFC? Nothing's been confirmed. It's always difficult to tell with Floyd Mayweather. One of the things that he's just an absolute genius at is keeping people guessing. And over the years, I've tried to predict what his next move is going to be. I'm almost <laughs> always wrong, so I don't even want to try to here. Um, Floyd's definitely going to come back because he loves the the atmosphere, the attention. Uh, of course, he loves the money. That's his nickname. <laughs> uh, he's going to make a lot more of that. But I definitely think he's going to be involved with the sport for years to come. He's a promoter now promoting a young, exciting fighter, Javante Davis, who's fighting yep. in a couple weeks here in the United States. Uh, so he's definitely going to come back and fight, though. And I think that it's possible, if I had to guess, and again, I've been incorrect multiple times in recent years, but if I had to guess, it's probably going to be some sort of exhibition match, and maybe UFC will be involved, because I know that he's been talking with Dana White, mm-hmm. who is involved with UFC still, even though he sold it. Uh, so I think that that's probably what you're going to see, some sort of hybrid type of fight 
maybe not not the same thing we saw against Conor McGregor, but something in that realm. Okay, great stuff, Michael. Thank you very much for joining us here in South Africa and for your wonderful insight. How do people find you online? Uh, thank you for having me on once again, and uh, we should do it again. That would be great. Uh, but yes, people could find me on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, everything. The handle is Montero on Boxing. And please check out my podcast. It's called The Neutral Corner every Monday and Thursday night. And it's the video version is live on YouTube on my channel, but you can find the audio version anywhere podcasts are found. Awesome stuff, Michael. Thanks again for speaking to us here in South Africa. And on that note, uh, let's uh, go all the way to the UK. I think that's where our Hall of Famer is, the one, the, none other than the legendary Mr. Frank Warren, who joins us just to get his thoughts on what happened this past weekend in Saudi Arabia. Mr. Frank Warren, good evening, sir. Thanks again for giving us your time here in South Africa. Good evening to you, sir, and it's a pleasure. Before we talk Joshua Ruiz, you must have been disappointed like the rest of us here when Zolani lost, Zolani Tete lost to Casimero about two weeks ago. How was your reaction and how was the reaction that side? Well, I was very, very disappointed, you know, obviously for myself, but more importantly to Zolani. You know, he got caught, he, he was sort of seeming quite controlled of the fight and then he got caught with one of those shots on the top of his head that this discombobulates fighters, you know, takes their senses away and, uh, and that was it. It was all over. I mean, it, it just couldn't recover from that. And uh, it was a great shame. But, um, I, you know, but we're with Zelani. I love him dearly. And we're going to bring him back in the new year. It, it, but, you know, though, you look at, if you look back on that, you look back at the, the, the punch he got caught with, they're the punches. They are the horrible punches on, when, they get, when guys get caught on the top of the head that completely take the fight out of mm. He just didn't know where he was. He was, you know, he was caught cold and that was it. Okay, well, that's comforting for us to hear that he's still a part of your plans because he did mention to us Certainly. when we sp- he did mention that you actually went to his changing room after the fight to reassure him that you still have plans for him. Yeah, well, he, well there is, and, and you know, and as I say, he's been with us for a while now. He's had some great defenses. Um, it's unfortunate he got ill and um, he couldn't get to the final of the uh, the W is it WB? Yes, yes, yes. It's a shame he couldn't get there. But you know what? It also may be my fault, the fact he got beaten, because we kept talking about the big fight then in in Ueni, the the Mm. Japanese guy, and uh, maybe we were all overlooking the uh, the task he had on the night. So it is what it is, and now we've got to move forward. Okay, that's great to hear, Mr. Frank Warren. Now, let's get your thoughts on Joshua Ruiz. Firstly, what was your impression of the fight being held in Saudi Arabia? Some say it was a money decision. Others say it was just spreading the sport to a new market. Um, well, it's a money decision. Let's, let's cut through all that. They were there for the money. You know, if the fight had been in the Antarctic, they would have been in the Antarctic. They were there for the money. That's the, 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 all, all, you know, the bottom line of it. You know, the fact... You know, Saudi Arabia has a, I think the, the population of the sort of 16 or under 40s is probably 70% of the population. They're trying to open it up and bring events there. And I applaud them for doing that. They haven't just done it with boxing. They're doing it with other, other, um, other sports and other forms of entertainment. And uh, hopefully it's going to be progression from them as far as the population and women's rights and everybody's rights are concerned. And they are working on that. But the reason it was there was for the money. Simple as that. Did the fight live up to expectations for you? No. 
I, I, I thought Anthony Joshua trained and did what he had to do, and he thought I thought he was, uh, you know, fighting off of the back foot. Mm. You know, done what he had to do. You know, he went out there and trained professionally for the fight, and as a professional, won the fight and deserved to win the fight. I thought Ruiz was a disgrace coming in 16 pounds heavier than uh, he did for a fight that he took at five weeks' notice last time. I thought he'd have been fitter. I thought he'd have tried harder. The fact that and he admits now that he was uh, partying and drinking and not preparing properly is an insult to the people who bought tickets, bought pay-per-view, paid for it, everybody involved. I think he's a disgrace. Anthony Joshua was a was a consummate professional and did what he had to do. Yeah. It wasn't a spectacle. It wasn't a you know for me as a as a as a British guy seeing a British guy win 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 and regain the world title is fantastic. But Ruiz should be ashamed of himself. He's a disgrace. You also said that uh, Fury would have knocked out Ruiz. Can you elaborate more on that? Well, I just think the styles make fights. You know, Anthony Joshua fought very uh, tentatively. He fought very intelligently. He didn't get, in, he didn't engage. I think only a couple of times they exchanged blows together. You know, for me, Ruiz has very fast hands. But when you come in, the weight you come in, in, in at, when you are looking at the uh, the preparation he had, you might have fast hands, but his legs were like lead. So it wasn't there. With Tyson Fury, Tyson Fury is a really good mover. He can, you know, he can punch, he can box, he can do all these things. And I think the Ruiz that was in that ring uh, on Saturday, I think Tyson Fury would have stopped him because Tyson's more adventurous. Mm. You know, he, he will come out and he'll stand and trade with you. You've seen that happening. You know, you see that with the biggest punching fighter in the world in, in Wilder, he'll stand and trade with him. That's what he's done. And when you think that, you know, in the past... Um, match from Eddie Hearn has accused Tyson of being boring, you know, come on now, you know, when you look at that performance on Saturday and you look at, you know, Tyson, uh, you know, I, I think he should eat his words. Is it safe to say then that you rate Tyson higher than AJ in terms of uh, the skill set? I, I rate him higher than any heavyweight in the world. I've said that. He got robbed in America when he fought Wilder. He won that fight. I don't care what anybody says. I mean, not, you know, officially, obviously, it's yeah. a draw. I thought he won it. He showed tremendous courage and bravery against a really good fighter in Deontay Wilder, probably the hardest punch in heavyweight in the last 30 years in, 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 in that division. And he, he did what he had to do, even when he got knocked down in the last round. When, when myself, I thought it was all over, mm. he got up and by the end of the round was winning, was winning that round. You know, um, the, 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 uh, the rematch hopefully is going to be on the 22nd of February. Um, hopefully it comes through and and, uh, and, and right, which I felt was a wrong. Um, but for me, Tyson's the number one. On that note, then, how do you... Okay, you've already said Tyson is number one, but how do you rate these three fighters on the top at the top of the food chain in the heavyweight dis- division? Tyson, Deontay, and AJ. Yeah, they're the, three, they're the three top guys. I mean, there's no doubt about that. They're the three top guys out there. But, <clears throat> excuse me, between them all now, it's quite a sexy division. But what I want to see is them all fight each other. The one thing about Tyson Fury, he's never ducked anybody. He went to Germany to fight Klitschko. He went to America to fight Wilder. And he's going back to America to get, again to fight him in his backyard. For me, he's, you know, he, he showed what he's made of. Um, 
hopefully, I do hope he comes through the fight with Wilder, and I believe he will do. And let's see if then Anthony Joshua has got the balls to make a unification match with him. All British affair, it'd be huge. And you know, as far as the UK is concerned, the biggest sporting event in this country in my lifetime was England when they played and won the World Cup in 1966. I think it would be the biggest, without a doubt, the biggest um, sporting event in the UK since then. But, but Tyson's got to win the fight. Mm. And, and will February 22nd then give us an idea of who's really the king of the heavyweight division? I think so. I don't think, I think that in my, in my opinion, the rankings are, um, and you may sound biased, but it is what it is. And I can only say what I've seen and what I feel is Tyson number one, Deontay number two, and Anthony Joshua number three. We actually spoke to Deontay Wilder um, last month ahead of his last fight, and he said that there's nothing such as a lineal champion. He doesn't understand what a lineal champion is, and for that reason, he doesn't respect Tyson Fury as a champion. Well, he should respect him because, you know, at the end of the day, in his own country, he was given a very lucky draw <laughs> against Tyson. I mean, everybody, his own camp, they all thought he got beat and was all surprised at the... Uh, at the uh, how the judges mark the fight. What's the lineal champion? A lineal champion is the, is the man who beat the man who beat the man going back over the years, and he beat the man. The last, the last, the last guy who beat everybody was Klitschko, and Tyson went to Germany in, in his backyard in front of 54,000 people and beat Klitschko, took Klitschko to school 18 months before Anthony Joshua fought him. And some people are saying that AJ made heavy work of a very overweight Andy Ruiz and maybe he should have taken more risk and, and knocked him out. Do you agree with that or do you think that it was just a proper professional and disciplined performance and that's what AJ needed? I'm not going to argue with those people. And, it, and also it was a, a very disciplined performance. He did what he had to do. But it wasn't, it, it, was, it was a disciplined performance. It wasn't an exciting performance. Yeah. It wasn't an exciting fight to watch. He did what he had to do. If you read the British press, I mean, some people say it, it, it was it was a performance on par with Muhammad Ali at his best. Come on, you know, Muhammad Ali, and you know, Muhammad Ali, you know, fought guys of the ilk of Frazier and Foreman and Shavers. I mean, you know, AJ was in there with a fat Mexican guy who didn't train for a fight. And it's as simple as that. And what would be next for AJ, Mr. Frank Warren? Does he go and face Usyk after being ordered by the WBO to defend? He's got to fight either Usyk or Pulev, and he'll have to fight one of them. And maybe he may vacate one of the titles. I'm not sure. But that, that'll be his next move, and uh, it'd be interesting. What, what's going to be interesting about AJ's future fights? And, you know, I can only say what I've seen, and I, and I respect him as a fighter, and I certainly yeah. respect what he did on on Saturday. But there are a lot of flaws there. And there are a lot you know, and 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 Ruiz in the previous fight in New York exposed him. Mm. So anyone fighting him now, they get fit or they you know, how's he gonna box them? You know, he's not gonna have some little fat guy who's not trained an inch, he's gonna have fit guys in there who be who are gonna be coming and looking to trade with him, knowing that he is vulnerable and he is vulnerable. Um, as much as he was, he's brave, and as much as he shows showed his boxing skills, he is vulnerable. And if he stands and trades with you, exchanges blows with you, he, and, and 
the thing about it, when you're throwing, when, you, when big punchers throw throw shots, they leave themselves exposed. And each time he's done that, he's been caught. So now it will give impetus to whoever he is fighting, whether it be Usyk or Pulev, to go and exploit him on that. So it's going to be quite interesting in the future fights. I hope he wins the ball because I want to see him in there with Tyson Fury. That's the big one that everybody wants to see. Mr. Frank Warren, always a pleasure, sir, and honor for us to talk to you here in South Africa. Thank you very much again for giving us some of your time. And I can tell you the reaction here. People are so happy. They're saying that they're relieved to hear that Zolani Tete is still part of your plans. Well, he is, and it's an honor, honor, and a, honor and a privilege to speak to you guys. And all the best to you. Thank you, sir. Keep well, Hall of Famer himself, Mr. Frank Warren, talking to us here on SAFM.